Hi everyone, welcome to Minority Mavericks. This is Angel Lee and your host, and this is the show where you can listen to the stories of all minority mavericks out there, investors, founders, and entrepreneurs of this world. And in today's episode, we'd have Jennifer Mancillas, and she's uh, the founder of Atni. Uh, welcome to the show, Jennifer. Oh, thank you so much for having me. So excited to to share and to kind of dig in a little bit. That's great. Good to have you, Jennifer. Thank you for taking the time to be on the show and uh, tell us your story. So to that end, you know, let's start with that. Let's uh, tell the audience your story a little bit. So if you want to tell us your journey, tell us where you're from, your background and everything you've done so far and what to become the person you are today. Yeah, ha happy to share. I grew up in Central Valley of California and still here actually. Um, Central California is very big on agriculture. More than 50% of um, the population is Hispanic. I went to public schools. I was the first person in my family out of my grandmother's 11 siblings and her six kids and all of my cousins to go to college um, and graduate. There weren't particularly great role models for me when I was younger as far as women to aspire to be. Um, doing doing bigger things in in the in the world. Um, I do remember though that um, I had a pediatrician and she was a woman. I remember admiring her so much that this woman was educated, a doctor, a minority. She ran her own practice and she was able on top of all that to help people. And I knew that I wanted similar things for my own life. And I went to a city college to get my nursing degree and I started working as a nurse and then I got my bachelor's degree. And then when I was working within the hospital organizations, I realized that I had a knack for being able to identify and solve for pain points. And so I was constantly like creating some sort of apparatus or toolkit or program to improve things like patient safety or workflow efficiency um, or patient-centered care. And it was something that I really enjoyed doing. And then one day I got caught up in like a Google search rabbit hole, how one thing always leads to another and then you end up somewhere wild. But I came across an application for Johnson and Johnson. They were doing, um, they were going to have a nursing innovation fellowship program. And I remember thinking how cool that sounded because it was everything that I was very interested in doing. And the premise of it was to move the needle in healthcare in ways of innovation, entrepreneurship, and leadership through the nursing profession. And so I applied to that fellowship on a whim and I almost gave up on the application twice because it was lengthy. And each time I thought that I had finished, there was like another component that I needed to do. And I, I almost didn't do it two times. Um, and then I received the call letting me know that I was one of 12 nurses accepted into the program. And I remember thinking that it was very big, like an underdog feeling at that moment, because the other fellows who had been accepted were like, they had amazing titles and they were professors and had doctorates and came from these very well-known health systems, right. or they were in my perspective, they were already accomplished. And so mm -hmm. it was, um, it was it was a great feeling to feel like I was amongst the stars at that moment. And it was a huge win and like a catalyst for all things innovation and to move forward. But Johnson and Johnson flew us to, um, out to a hackathon that back in fall of 2019, it was pre COVID. 
and I met my now co-founder there. He was at the time a nursing student at the University of Pennsylvania, and we had really synergistic ideas about what we wanted to do in healthcare and the problems that nurses and healthcare workers encountered. And then we had a seedling of an idea when we had met at that hackathon, and it was really to kind of give you the full full story i'll give you the bridge version version was that um, we realized that it was difficult for healthcare workers to see when they were caring for patients in low lit or dim areas so we created a wearable light for healthcare workers to enter their patients rooms and be able to see everything have hands free to care for their patients inconspicuously as possible and keep patients resting and that was really the flagship product for us. We knew that it was just going to be a springboard for more that we wanted to be able to provide the healthcare workers um, and that community at large. That kind of led us to understanding that um, there was no place for healthcare workers to find niche items like our wearable Unite Light for healthcare workers. There was no space. Everything in our professional ecosystem is very disjointed and siloed. And we love the idea of having a platform that was a sense of truth that everyone can find the gear and the resource that, the, that you need because it is um, not well known outside of healthcare or the nursing profession, but nurses are oftentimes responsible for purchasing our own shoes, stethoscope, scrubs, um, compression socks, like you name it, our continuing education. Sometimes you have to pay for parking depending upon the institution that we're working at and or the organization. Mm-hmm. And uh, we also love the idea about being able to reduce those out-of-pocket expenses. So we launched a marketplace um, that to date okay. has thousands of products that are created by health healthcare workers. Um, majority of 75% of the sellers that we have are other healthcare workers that have created some sort of brand or resource or product for health for other healthcare workers to support them. Um, when we launched that, we got um, numerous um, enterprise clients, mainly staffing agencies and nursing organizations who were interested in leveraging our platform to be more of a rewards for their uh, for their clinicians that they worked with and were trying to engage. And at that point, we knew that there was a great opportunity for us to be able to use our platform to help with this engagement piece because there's just this cyclical cycle of right. recruiting being very expensive and retention being horrible. So how could we fix that? And so by use of our um, AI uh, gamifications and automations, we're able to kind of bridge the gap and make the hiring time shorter and the retention time longer. So an all-in-one clinician engagement platform, um, a long way from a light, but that's where we've landed on to date. Very cool. Yeah, definitely. I I love what you guys are doing, Um, you know, incentivization, recognition, all that's very important for for users. Uh, we we love that as consumers as well. We love our loyalty programs. We love yes. all those kinds of things, right? And this is basically that you're building that kind of loyalty program um, at, at the same time because there's there's a reason of me doing this. There's a reason of why I'm taking onto these tasks, right? Uh, at the end, I'm going to get some sort of reward. 
And again, we all love that. So that's very, very interesting that you are applying that into your platform. And I'm sure that you you have a, a great story and a great career. Um, and I'm sure that you had your ups and downs through throughout your journey. Uh, would you like to share a little bit about some of the challenges that you may have faced uh, as a minority? I think the biggest challenge that I faced, like being an unrepresented founder in this space working in tech was um, overcoming the perception that many people have not only about being Latina, but being a nurse and working in like Definitely. the health tech space. That's mm -hmm. not your typical algorithm for um, people that yeah. um, you invest in. And I, I think that was Um, a challenge to overcome and we're still kind of come into it, come encounter with it on occasion. But most times folks automatically associate um, like nurses specifically with caring for patients at the bedside and really trying to flip the script and, and broaden the horizons that um, that not only being Latina, but being nurse is a benefit more than a hindrance in this space because it allows you to see a scope okay. of people that you may not otherwise see and be very intentional about mm -hmm. how you engage people and then yeah. also allows you through your lens of people in being a nurse our lens to see people allows us to be successful across industries and roles and then if you look at the founders that are able to be successful and take on venture capital funding, there is significant evidence to prove that those who are women and minorities are end up being more successful with that venture funding that they do capture versus their male counterparts. Um, and I think that's really profound and being able to be in this space and even be inspirational to anybody at all, um, especially Um, living where I'm living, I think that like that means so much. So I think that's one of the biggest challenges to overcome, just the perception that people have um, and how we overcoming how we overcome that really um, is just do the things that you say you're going to do and do them well um, and mm -hmm. have nobody have excuses about why you were able to be successful and just do the thing you set out to do um, and make an impact. And yeah. um We're still on our, our journey to do so, but um, yeah, it's it's a fun one for sure. Yeah, and a long one probably, right? But that's yes, that's right. the fun part too. Uh, as long as you know you can say that, then that means you have a job. So uh, it's again as a nurse, though, um, you know I really appreciate what you guys do. Uh, I'm I personally have family member that she's a nurse. Uh, so to all nurses out there as well, thank you for all you do. I come from, you know, I'm a military background myself. Um, so it's really cool that to see that, you know, people uh, with our backgrounds in terms of first responder or military, we also have right the ability to to found a technology company or be part of this right startup world as well. Uh, we don't have to have a finance degree or we don't have to have an MBA, for example, in order for us to be as competitive as anyone else. Um, so again, I really appreciate uh, everything you guys do, uh, Jennifer. Mm, thank you. Um, let's dig a little bit more uh, maybe into 
Atney specifically and um, yeah. what you guys do there. And, and then maybe we can discuss a little bit about how you guys are including all of this into your platform uh, in terms of inclusion and diversity. Before getting into the diversity inclusion part, um, I wanted to maybe talk a little bit about AI and healthcare, if that's okay. Um, I know it's kind of yeah. like a hot topic, but I would love to, you know, just to see your point on it. So, you know, how, how does your platform guarantee, right, the ethical use of AI technology, uh, particularly handling all the clinician data, right, and engagement data that you guys handle? And then, of course, given this big increase, right, uh, influence of AI in healthcare. Yeah, I think that's a great question. And I think that like the power of of AI can can be kind of alarming or people enter it with like trepidation. But I think in our specific space where we're currently building in, which is healthcare staffing and engagement, um, I think that there has AI has an incredible ability to be helpful at ensuring equity of opportunity for minority healthcare workers. And Specifically with the fact that if you are solely relying on people to vet people, oftentimes people come to the table with their own biases, realized or not prejudices, their inherent beliefs, and that can potentially cloud the recruitment process. Um, so what we really appreciate about really using AI for is leveling that playing field and making sure that the qualified candidate is provided with the opportunities right. without prejudice. And because as nurses, we 100% are aware that if we're able to have more healthcare workers and clinicians um, with cultural backgrounds that mirror the community that they're caring for, we have better patient outcomes. Mm -hmm. We have better equity of care across the board for, um, for the patients that we're seeing. And I think that's the, the one of the added benefits of being able to use AI with staffing specifically in healthcare um, mm -hmm. for that purpose. And I think like that's what we're really honing in on and taking away some of those in, in inherent biases that exist. Yeah, definitely. That's that's a great you know use case right there, right? Uh, for AI specifically, it's not directly into handling patient data or. Uh, that kind of, you know, PHI, but it's exactly. more, you know, that inside of things. And it's a great way to use new technology and such a controversial technology in good ways. Uh, so it's really interesting what you guys are building there. I also love what you guys have in terms of this branding of re-engagement and, you know, that parenthesis with the re. Uh, can, you can you tell me just a little bit about that and how do you guys come up with that? Yeah, I'm happy to do so. I think that um, engagement and re-engagement, what we were hoping to accomplish is when we've been having conversations with all of these um, amazing staffing agencies, one commonality with them was that they had this vast, stale clinician database um, of of data, so clinicians that were in their pipeline at some point and fell off, that they really don't know how to engage or re-engage them again. They once were in, interested and um, and had taken a contract or were interested in travel, but for some reason or another, they haven't picked up another one. Then you have a whole nother set of clinicians who they haven't engaged yet. 
that haven't taken a contract with them or a call with them and being able to look at it as we want to be able to help you engage with your clinicians past, present, and future. And that's where the parentheses for the re-engage came from, wanting to make sure that healthcare employers knew that we weren't just tending to new, but we were revitalizing everyone that they had already connected with at some point to bring them back into the system, to show them value, to um, be able to uh, engage them in a way that they were familiar with. I think that goes along what you had mentioned earlier about gamifying the experience. Um, and a lot of that is due to the thoughts of this like newer generation of healthcare workers coming into the fold which is the first generation who has never known um, a moment without technology from the way that they interact and they engage and they shop and they connect with one another. Everything Mm -hmm. is um, rewards and instant gratification and likes and follows and comments. So how can we take knowing that and apply it to the healthcare, your healthcare profession and your, um, your career and, and how can we make that exciting and provide value? And that's what we had landed on. It's very, it's very interesting that uh, we see all these, all this technology, right, being used in um, in different elements, right, in healthcare. And I, I really like the idea that AI, it's it's part of it all, right. Um, I also mm-hmm. like the idea that you guys are not reinventing anything but you guys are trying to fix something that was broken. Um, and again, you're not reinventing. I feel that I feel that throughout years, right? The, the system itself is, it has been breaking down and you guys are, you know, with that, with that branding that you have with the re, right? Uh, I think it's like, you explain that you guys are bringing all that together um, again and just refreshing people. Hey, this is not as bad as it was come back again and see how we can give you a better experience. So that's very, very cool and very interesting, uh, Jennifer. Um, and to to talk a little bit just about diversity and inclusion at this point, again, given that a- AI is, uh, again, controversial, there's also the, con- uh, the, the controversy of the data on or that's not existent, right? Um, so, for example, you, as you may know, you we have zip codes here in the United States where are uh, they're, they're lacking of services or lacking of their daily basic live services like, you know, housing, right? Food, transportation, mm-hmm. these kind of things, right? And a lot of that data is not present uh, because we're not necessarily searching for it, right? And that means that we're isolating a lot of people, right? And my question to you would be, how is it that your company uh, is ensuring diversity and inclusion in creating, you know, this this AI power, right? Clinician clinician reengagement platform. Yeah, I think that all has to do with your initial mindset and who you're wanting to, um, who you're wanting to engage with your product in general. And I think that that's great advice for anybody. But if you're product and what you're wanting to put out in the world is going to touch a vast, um, like a wide amount of people who are very diversified, then from Mm -hmm. the very start of developing your product, getting input and feedback from 
a wide variety of folk with cultural back right. different cultural backgrounds and titles is important because you can't build something from the very beginning and then only at the very end hope that it meets the needs of the people that you are trying to interact with and engage. Um, and that's something that we've been very intentional about um, from all the user interviews and demos that we've done, being able to right. capture feedback and insight from people who are of different backgrounds and social status and demographics. And if you are a nurse or you work in healthcare at any capacity or even in other industries, just to be able to understand how our product and what we're developing can fit the needs of many. Um, and I think that that is um, something that some folks often miss doing and then wait until it's too too late in the game and try to circle back around. But for us, right. um, in order to promote that diversity and inclusion, but making sure that we are hitting those needs. Um, at our goal is to be able to think of them um, ahead of time and be able to engage with those people. And specifically, one portion of our platform um, that is one of the larger parts of our platform is the marketplace where we have okay. sellers who um, are mostly healthcare workers, but we are very intentional on our social side of things to be very okay. inclusive. So we will highlight minority founders often, Black-owned businesses, um, highlight our healthcare workers and our sellers who identify as being LGBTQ, trying to go ahead and level the playing field so that everyone is included on the public side, just as much as we're thinking about that internally with the build out of our team, the build out of our product. Um, so I think it's at the forefront of our mind when we are not only creating this AI tech platform, um, but also how we are engaging with people in a social manner on these different platforms. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, Jennifer, thank you for that. And I would like to maybe talk about just your future right now, right? And maybe any plans that you have for yourself, any plans that you have for the company, um, that would be great to, you know, for the listeners to to know where Adney's going, right, uh, as well. And, and then if you want to also maybe give a little bit of advice to all aspiring minority um, entrepreneurs or founders out there, you know, talk to your people right now and just tell them some piece of advice. Yeah, I think for Adney specifically, we're very excited about rehumanizing healthcare staffing and putting more value into the clinician experience. I think post COVID, um, it's a different way of life now for the recruiting process and to retain um, healthcare workers from an organizational standpoint even. And we're very excited about being able to disrupt that whole process and, and be present from with nurses from the start of their career um, as they continue to grow in their profession, but being able to make it easier for healthcare employers to hire the right candidate um, and make sure that they're fitting their make sure they're fitting the needs of the communities that they're serving and doing it well and doing it quickly. Um, so the sky's the limit. We're really excited to be able to grow with the coming new year. There's lots in store for short, so stay tuned. As far as um, words of advice for um, 
anybody out there who has an idea or a passion that they're wanting to come to see to fruition um, and you're wanting to go down this founder life and make it happen, my one biggest piece of advice would be to make sure, or two, two pieces of advice rather, would be to make sure that it's something that you are utterly passionate about because the no's are far greater than the yeses. It is a rough road. Um, not that there aren't any days that you get to celebrate those come too, but it uh-huh. is, it is, uh, if you're looking for, for great work-life balance <laughs> or you're working for, and you're looking for an easy way, um, to go ahead and, and have something to do with your day to day, a founder life is not it, but <laughs> you know that it is really rewarding in so many other ways. And, um, there, my second piece of advice is to find people who are going to be in your, com- going to be in your corner and support you. Um, that can be family. Yes. But also mentors and advisors, uh, highly, highly suggest you find somebody who can not only give you feedback when you need it, but also who's going to be able to rally you and encourage you through the moments that get rough. Those people make everything. Um, And having people like that um, alongside your journey can make all the difference. So uh, find something you're passionate about and find your people. Thank you, Jennifer. That was great. Uh, We we love your story. Uh, There's a lot of passion. A lot of persistence, uh, a lot of vision, and also, you know, we thank you for the work that you're trying to not just, you know, do for Atni, but also for all the nurses and clinicians out there. Is there a way that clinicians and um, nurses out there can get in touch with Atni at the moment? Yeah, it's adni.co, so adni.co. Cool, and they'll they'll just go there and sign up, and uh, they can start getting part of the ecosystem. Absolutely. So, um, adni.co, and you'll be able to either as a clinician shop for your year and resources, or if you're a healthcare employer, be able to utilize our platform to engage your clinicians and make staffing easier for yourself. Very cool, very cool. So everyone, this was Jennifer Mancillas. She's the founder of Atni. And as you heard, all of our conversation here, Atni is an AI-powered clinician re-engagement platform. And we really loved uh, Jennifer's uh, story here. Uh, Again, lots of passion, lots of vision. So again, Jennifer, thank you for being on the show. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Great. This was great, Jennifer. Thank you. And everyone out there, this was Angel Leon, host in Minority Mavericks. And this is the show where you can listen to all the stories of all minority entrepreneur, founders, and investors out there. See you next time.